0: This is Curiosity, produced by WDET in partnership with Harkin. This podcast is made possible in part by Michigan Science Center, providing STEM-based learning activities for middle school students. More at mi-sci.org.
1: I'm Laura Herberg, and this is Curiosity, where WDET finds the answers to your questions about everything Detroit. Listener Andrew McKinney submitted this question. Who were the Native Americans that lived in the Detroit region, and how did they interact with the Europeans who settled it?
0: Sometimes I think it's brushed over that, you know, there were Native Americans here.
1: If you're like McKinney, you might already know that some roads in Metro Detroit used to be Indian trails, and that Pontiac was a Native American chief. Maybe you've heard of the Fox Massacre in Gross Point. But perhaps you don't know much else about what happened to the people who were here in Michigan when the French first sailed down the Detroit River. Sue Franklin is the executive director of Southeastern Michigan Indians, a social service organization in Centerline. She's also a member of the Sault Ste. Marie tribe of Chippewa Indians. I have actually talked to some very rude adults who said, I can't believe this. Are you sure you're Indian? I can't believe any more of them are here, I thought we killed you all. We'll hear more from Franklin in a little bit, but first, let's go back, way back, to some of the earliest traces of humans in Detroit. About 100 yards from the Detroit River on the grounds of Fort Wayne in Southwest Detroit, there's a mound.
0: This mound is covered with uh, dirt and grass now, but it's mostly composed of sand. It's one of the oldest surviving signs of human activity in the Detroit area.
1: That's Paul Shevchik. He's an amateur historian who wrote about human-constructed piles of earth for his blog, Detroit Urbanism. Pottery, tools, and 1,000-year-old remains from 16 individuals were found inside this mound after it was excavated in the 1870s. Shevchik says in the early 20th century, this site was a popular recreation spot for Detroiters.
0: People used to come to this area for weekend picnicking and just, you know, bring a lunch, uh, bring a blanket, and then they would just dig for artifacts, and children would keep, you know, skulls. Uh, They'd keep uh, whatever they found uh, just as trinkets, just for no respect that they were in a cemetery or for the people who once lived here.
1: Today, there's a small sign, but to the unacquainted, this historical monument might not look like much more than a fenced off grassy hump next to a sidewalk. But to Paul, it's still significant.
0: It's a reminder of the people who lived here for thousands of years before uh, Anglo-Saxons colonized the continent.
1: In the 1600s, the Great Lakes region was inhabited mostly by the Anishinaabe people three Native groups united by culture and language.
2: We call ourselves the Three Fires People, which are the Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi. Most people hear them
1: as Chippewa, Ottawa, and Potawatomi. Again, Sue Franklin, Executive Director of Southeastern Michigan Indians. People lived in
2: what's called, they call them a longhouse or a wigwam. And it wasn't like a husband and wife and kids. There would be a number of relatives that would live together. What we lived off of here where the fish and the wild game and the berries, wild rice grew on the water.
1: In the 17th century, the Anishinaabe, as well as tribes such as the Wyandotte, Iroquois, Fox, Miami, and Sauk, used Detroit's riverbanks as a place to hunt and gather together. These natives didn't see Europeans in the region until the fur trade brought French settlers in the late 1600s. Weapons, alcohol, and tools were traded for the Indians' beaver pelts, which were all the rage in Europe. Michael Witkin is a professor of history at the University of Michigan and a member of the Red Cliff Band of Lake Superior Ojibwe in Wisconsin. He says, unlike the crowded East Coast colonies, the French and the Indians lived a relatively cooperative coexistence in this vast and somewhat isolated area.
0: When Detroit is is founded in 1701, when Detroit uh, becomes part of Michigan and Michigan becomes a territory, omnipresent are Indian people. They are everywhere. They are in the majority.
1: Whitgin says native displacement didn't really begin here until the Treaty of 1836, when the Anishinaabe ceded nearly half of the UP plus the northwestern corner of the Lower Peninsula to the United States. One year later, this land was granted to Michigan when it became the 26th state. Anishinaabe signed treaties, Whitkin says, because they felt pressure from the U.S. government or were in debt to traders. Sue Franklin has this take.
2: In our spiritual lives, we believe that the creator spoke directly to us.
1: Franklin says they called this creator Kitche Manidoo, or the Great Spirit, and that the white man caught on to this. And they began to tell
2: Indians in a lot of communities that the great spirit spoke to them too. And they were to, you know, give up their land and, and, you know, give up the stuff to the new people that were here. You know, they used our own beliefs against us. And I had an elder tell me one time that we were conquered by our own love. And I believe that.
1: Once settlers began moving to Michigan, some natives relocated out west Some stuck to areas designated for Indians, like Warpole Island in Canada, and some integrated, oftentimes after being forced to. Today, Michigan has 12 federally recognized tribes. Like most Detroiters, many of the Indians in the area have families who migrated here from across the country and Canada to work in the auto industry. The U.S. Census shows there are more than 30,000 natives currently living in metro Detroit.
0: I think it's surprising about how many Native Americans live in, this, in the area still. Yeah, I'm really happy that I, I asked this question and that um, you were able to find out so much information about it.
1: Thanks, Andrew. For more information about Native Americans in southeast Michigan and to see photos of the burial mound, go to WDET.org slash curious. There you can also submit your question about Detroit or the region. For Curiosity, I'm Laura Herberg.
0: WDET's Curiosity is supported by Michigan Science Center. More at mi-sci.org.